of Jesus. The anointing destroys the yoke. I tell you, when we get involved in the presence of God, there's no telling what God will do for our lives and what he will destroy that's in our lives that doesn't need to be in our lives. Glory to God. Okay. He that believeth on me, in other words, he that has faith in me, as the scripture have said, out of his belly, in other words, out of his most inward being or out of his heart, shall flow rivers of living waters. That's what Jesus is saying here. We're going to title this this morning, Rivers of Living Power. God does not give just life. He gives eternal life. This body's got life in it. But one day, it won't have no more life. Life will go from it. But the life of God is eternal. It will always exist. So we want to remember, he that haveth faith in me, he that haveth faith in me, he said, out of his most inward spirit shall flow living waters shall have living power or eternal power living inside of us. God does not want to give us the power to live inside of us without releasing it. Here's a good word example here, to release this power that is in us. Jesus said John the Baptist was the greatest prophet that ever lived. He said, no prophet is ever greater than John the Baptist. But he that believeth in me shall be greater than John the Baptist. All the prophets from Genesis to Malachi prophesied of Jesus. John did not prophesy about Jesus. He knew Jesus. He saw Jesus. No other prophet, Brother Melvin, ever saw Jesus. All they just had a little bit of prophecy. All you find in the book of Genesis, just a smiggin' bit prophecy of Jesus. Right on down through Exodus. Right on down to Leviticus. Numbered right on through the Bible. They just had a little speck of prophecy of Jesus. But John the Baptist, Brother Michael, saw Jesus. He was the first one to introduce Jesus to the world. When they introduced the President of the United States, everybody stands up. And I tell you, there's one we ought to stand up for more than anything else in this world, and his name is Jesus Christ of Nazareth. We can build monuments and statues to people, but there's only one that's going to live forever, and that's Jesus. He's the only power and the only authority. And Jesus said, I need to be baptized, John. And John says, I need to be baptized of you because you're the Lamb of God that take away the sins of the world. Every Christian ought to shout hallelujah every time you think about it because Jesus took away your sins and they're never going to be remembered against you again. And then he went on to say, once he takes away your sins, he will fill you with the baptism of the Holy Ghost and with fire. You shall receive power 
after the Holy Ghost has come inside you. Power. Power to release and bless others. Jesus, before he went back, said, go back to Jerusalem and tarry at Jerusalem until you receive power from on high. They had no idea what that was. The word tarry there in Greek means to sit and wait. I mean, you know, that is not any of our long suit is sitting in what? Come on now, help me out. We get frustrated, we get aggravated, our blood pressure gets up and our temperature gets up when we have to sit and wait. But they sat and waited. You'll notice in Acts, it said, as they sit. They was obeying what he said, tarry. As they sit, waiting the Holy Ghost from heaven, as a rushing mighty wind came and fell on all of them, and clothed in tongues as fire set upon them, they received rivers of living water, eternal waters. And if you believe in Christ, you're greater than John the Baptist. You're greater than he is. Experiencing the overflow of fullness of a spirit-filled life. God wants everyone to experience an overflow. An overflow of his presence. He don't want us just to have it on Sunday. He wants you to have it on Monday. He don't want you to have no blue Mondays. He wants you to have an experience in the Holy Ghost. Power. Power flowing through us. Galatians 5 and 22 to 23. That the fruit of the Spirit is love. The greatest gift that God can give is love. And God is love. When he gives us love, he's given him to us himself. He's put himself inside of us. And joy. You get the Holy Ghost, you're going to get what? You're going to get power, but we're going to fruit of the Spirit right now. This is what the Spirit produces. It produces love because God is love, and it produces what? Joy. The joy of the Lord is what? Our strength. That's what the Spirit produces. You need joy. What you need is a good infilling of the baptism of the Holy Ghost, and you will get what? That's the fruit of the Spirit. Some people say, well, I, I got a few of those. No, you can't have any of them if you don't have all of them because the Spirit is one. That's what he is. He's all of them. He's love. He's joy. And he's peace. If you need peace, you need the Spirit of God. Isaiah said he's the Prince of Peace. In the book of Genesis, he went a little bit further. When Abraham met Melchizedek, he is the king of Salem, which is the king of peace, and which it explains it in the book of Hebrews that Jesus is not only the Prince of Peace, he's what? The king of peace. If you want peace, you get Jesus on your throne in your life, I guarantee you, you're going to have what? It's not something you have to work up. It's not something you have to try to get. It's free. It's free. And he gives liberally and freely to us. Then it goes on to say it's long-suffering. You get the Holy Ghost, you get long-suffering. You get gentleness. You get goodness. Not only that, the Holy Ghost, we won't have time to read all those scriptures this morning, produces Faith. 
It produces faith in our lives. The Spirit of God produces faith in our lives. Hearing the Word of God brings faith. Praying in the Spirit builds up your most holy faith. I want to encourage you to learn to pray in the Spirit. If you want your faith to grow and be built up, you must learn to pray in the Spirit. As you pray in the Spirit, your faith will be built up. This is the fruit of the Spirit. This is what He produces in our lives, every day in our lives. Not only that, it produces meekness and it produces temperance. He gives us living waters. Not just living water, but eternal waters. Flowing, flowing out of us. I looked it up in encyclopedia. We not online, we don't have a computer and everything. A guy called me yesterday, said I sent you a picture look at it and see what you think i said well i can't look at it because i don't know how and i don't feel out of place but i'm going to read you something about rivers now i want you to remember this he didn't say rivers he said river he said what when you're studying the word of god you must pay close attention to the word and maybe just one word that will set out what god is trying to say it to us he says rivers notice he says rivers out of your inward spirit he didn't say i would baptize you with rivers you're gonna have to have be baptized with rivers to have rivers to come out we cannot produce out of us what has not been produced in us and we cannot produce anything of ourselves for the kingdom of god it has to be produced in us by god and then it has to be released by god now, I know this is not all the rivers in the United States or the world. The longest river in the world is the Nile River, 4,160 miles long. I won't go through all the rest of them, but how long they are. In the eastern hemisphere, they record 17, and they go from almost 4,000 4, to almost 2,000 miles long. In the western hemisphere, the Amazon in South Africa is almost 4,000 miles long. The mighty Mississippi, 2,000. The Missouri, 2,000. The Arkansas River, almost 2,000. The Colorado River, almost 2,000. So he's saying in your most inward spirit, there are going to be endless rivers issuing out of your life. Glory to God. You can't work it up. It's free. It comes from the glory of God as it comes into our lives and produces this kind of life in us. Rivers of eternal life. 1 Kings 18, 38 said, The fire of the Lord fell, burned up the sacrifice. It's talking about Elijah. It burned up the wood. It burned up the stone. I don't know what temperature you have to get to burn up stone. Long Star Steel over there used to. Brother Michael worked over there. They brought ore in there, a big ore truck. And they had to have the temperature up so high, called white hot, is that right? To turn that piece of, uh, ooh, glory to God, to melting lava. But I want you to notice here that said the fire of God fell when Elijah said, let the God that going to be God 
answer by fire. It fell. It licked up the sacrifice. It licked up the wood or burned the wood. And in a split second, it turned those stones, which was the altar was made out of stones, liquefied and burned it up. Are y'all with me? Listen to what he happened. He goes on to say. And it licked up the soil. Everything was built on it. The fire of God just licked it up. And the power of God licked all the water up. You said, Brother Billy, what does that mean? It's saying this. Everything in your eternal life, in your spirit that is not likened to God, when that Holy Ghost comes in there, he's going to burn every corruption thing out of that life because that life no longer belongs to the natural man. That life belongs to the spiritual man, Christ Jesus. Our life does not belong to ourselves. It belongs to him. It belongs to him. And that's what he means. He's going to burn it all up. It'll burn up judgmental. It'll burn up fault-finding. It sets the captive free. You can be a Christian still be in captivity when you find fault, when you gripe, when you complain. You're in captivity. You're not free. You're not a free spiritual individual. You have bondage in your life. So he wants us to be free. How many believe that God wants you to be free? And whom he set free is brought free indeed. Not only will it make you a better spiritual Christian, it'll help your flesh. It'll help your flesh to get stronger and get better. These things in our life. They threw four men in the fiery furnace. Four. They heated the furnace seven times hotter than it had ever been before. Seven times hotter. And the king looked in there and he said, Behold, I see four men walking around in there. They let them out. They didn't even have the smell of smoke upon them. Glory to God. I don't know where this is going to go in or where, but I, 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 don't, I feel the Lord is doing something in my life. It's hard for me to explain. He wants you to be free from the things of this world that don't have you bound, but you're free. Jesus said, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you in the midst of your fiery trials and whatever you're going through. Lo, I'm with you always to be there, and I will burn up the enemy that has put you in that situation if you'll only walk with me. God expects us to walk with him. You know, it's easy to tell people to have faith when, when you're healthy and everything's right in your life. Is that right? It's easy. Oh, brother, depend on the Lord now. Depend on the Lord. But listen, when you get in that pit, when you get down, I want you to start finding out how much we speak the faith of God in the Word of God. The woman is the weaker what? Hello? Vessel. The woman in the Bible means the church. We cannot honestly say that women are weaker vessels. They might be weaker physically, but some of them not very weak physically. Hmm? And I, I won't call no name, but when we're down at the other church, this thing is pretty heavy. <coughs> we got ready to move it one time, and a lady just stepped up there and picked that thing up and just moved it over like it was a ball of... Mm. Peggy's been reading a book. I hadn't read the book. 
some of the greatest events that's ever been accomplished in this world have been accomplished by women. Don't never say the women are the weaker vessels. It's the church that's weaker vessels. If you don't think you're weak, you let something happen in your life sometime and see how weak you'll become. See how much confidence we have in God. I'm going to read some scriptures in a minute. Some of the mightiest men in the Bible went through experience of weaknesses. Experience of weaknesses. We all are subject to that. Jonah had many fears and many weaknesses. Fear has torment. I had some members in my family when I was a kid growing up, they had fear. Fear will torment you. Jonah had many fears. Yet even in these, his faith had some little secret that he would hold on to God. From the belly of the whale, he said, Then I say, I'm cast out of thy side. Yet I will look again toward the holy temple. Jonah 2 and 4, verse 7. When my soul fainteth within me, I will remember the Lord. When you feel faint-hearted sometimes. Anybody in here have never felt faint-hearted? Say it, I will remember the Lord. You might not can say it very loud, but if you'll just say, I remember the Lord. And out of your most inner being shall come what? Rivers of what? Eternal waters. Power and authority in these things of God. Nicodemus went by Jesus by night. He said, we know that no man can do these things that you do except God be with him. We know the power and authority that you're doing. It's not of you. It's of God. No man can walk on water. No man can feed 5,000 men and women and children at one time with two little old fishes and a few loaves of bread. It's God. God supplies all of our needs according to what? When we don't feel anything. I'm telling you, Brother Don's already stated today, and I believe it with all my heart, Brother Don, I agree with you. I don't care what it looks like in this world. It does look black. Somebody asked me just recently about watching the news. Did you see that? I said, I try not to watch that. My eyes are not on the things of this world. My eyes is on God. Where's your eyes at? If it's on this world, let's get away from that. And see what's inside of us. And release something of our lives. What's going to come out of your most inner beings? Rivers of what? Living waters. Eternal waters. Giving life. Giving hope. Giving joy to people. And David said in Psalms, What time I'm afraid, I will trust in the Lord. I don't know about you, but I believe every Christian goes a time in your life that you feel fear, you feel worry, you feel anxiety. But David said, even though I feel it, I'm going to trust in the Lord. I'm going to trust in the Lord. The sheep may fall into a pit or a ditch, but it is the swine 
that wallows in the pit. Now, if you want to know something about hogs, I was raised on a farm. I was in FFA. I raised hogs. Dean Turner and I was in the hog business. One time we had a plus about 600 to, I don't know, we got more hogs. I could tell you some little things about the nature of a hog. Hmm? A hog will eat a snake. Hmm? Do not corrupt ourselves with vile things. Bad company corrupt your communication. He said, well, I don't hang out with bad people. Hearing bad news will corrupt your spirit with God. When it won't bother me, yes, it will. It will affect your spirit and your relationship with God because it's bad company corrupts good manners. Out of your most inward spirits comes rivers of flowing of life, living power. And Jesus said about these rivers, you will do greater works than what? Than he did. The church is moving in an era when we start believing we're going to see greater things than what Jesus did. And we're going to come to that right now. Because what he says will always come true. It will always come true. He never said anything except what the Father told him to say. And he said, I was with the Father before the foundation of the world. You find that in Proverbs. I was with the Father before the world was ever created. And Ezekiel, draw our attention to Ezekiel 47, rivers of healing. And Ezekiel said in Ezekiel 1, Verse 1, there I saw, notice, a river, singular, a river flowing, notice, from the temple. I saw a river flowing from the temple, flowing from the temple. And he explains about this river, what he saw. Verse 3 said it was flowing out from the temple. It was flowing out from the temple. Verse 9, he said, Everything that touched the waters of the river will live. Fish will abound in the Dead Sea. The Dead Sea today bears no life because it intakes and never gives out. Christians, it's always receiving from God and never gives out are dead on the inside. We must give out what God gives us. Or if we don't, it's going to die. So the Dead Sea gives no life. To the Dead Sea's waters, this is just, will be healed. I want to say that again. The Dead Sea's water will what? Be healed. Why? Because, Brother Melvin, there's a living, eternal river flowing into there where sin abound, much more so do the grace of God abound. Where God flows in the worst condition in the world, when he flows into that, new life comes out, new joy comes. The worst sinner that this world has ever seen and is known of is chief of all sinners was the Apostle Paul. But one day the grace of God flowed out of him, flowed into him, and he becomes the greatest apostle of all time. God has the power to change the worst of the worst to something different.
something different. The Queen of South came from afar to see Solomon, a man. He's dead. He's been dead for thousands of years. But I tell you, she said, the half has never yet been told about Solomon. In all of a Solomon's glory and all of his splendor, not one speck can be compared to what Jesus Christ is. Can you say amen? The man from Ethiopia came and went to Jerusalem to worship God. And Philip met him on the road in the desert and baptized him. He went away rejoicing. He went back to Egypt to tell what he had seen of the glory of God. They're going to come from afar. The Bible said, as it did with Jesus, they're going to come from everywhere. Wherever the water flows, he says, everything will live. Ezekiel saw a river coming from where? Where was this river coming from? From the temple. That's where it was. He saw one river, and it's coming from where? From the temple or from the throne. Just one river flowing. Oh, the mighty power of that one river as it flowed. And wherever it went, it brought life. It brought healing. It's called the Healing Leaves. It's a wonderful little book called the Healing Leaves. It's a dynamic book about the leaves that heals. Notice this now. He saw a rising river coming from the throne or the temple of God. It was just a shadow. Everything that happened in the Old Testament was just a shadow of what Jesus was going to bring when he come. It cannot be compared. Even Moses and all that he accomplished and had to put a veil on his face where they couldn't look upon him. That's just a shadow of what Jesus is going to do. Now let's go back to St. John 7 and 38 now. Are you ready? Some of you are trying to get there. We won't let you get there. Amen. Notice what it says. Now, both of these men, John the Baptist and Ezekiel, was under the influence of the Holy Ghost. All the scriptures are written by holy men as they are moved upon by the Spirit of God. So it's God giving this. It was God that gave Ezekiel the vision of what? One river. This one river was bringing life wherever it went. Now, John writes what Jesus says. He that hath faith in me, out of his inward spirit shall come what? Huh? How many get? What's going to come? From where? From where? Come on, help me out now. It's not coming from the throne of glory. It didn't say it's coming from the temple. It says it's coming out of the temple. Know ye not that your body is a temple of the Holy Ghost. And when God pours his spirit inside of us, rivers comes out of us and heals everything that we come in contact with. That's the plan of God for the church and for this world. How many can see the shift change? From the time Ezekiel saw what? One river. Where was it coming from? The temple. And what was it doing? It was healing everything that it touched it. But Jesus says, in the last days, I'm going to pour out my spirit on all flesh. And on the inside of you, I'm going to pour myself. The power that raised me from the grave is going to be in you. 
and it's going to come out of the temple. He didn't say it's going to come from the throne of glory. It's all, when it comes into you, it comes from the throne of glory. But here he's saying it's going to flow out of you rivers of living waters from the temple because we are the what? The temple of the Holy Ghost. Praise God. I tell you, God is a God of abundance. God is not a God of like. He gives what he has. He's abundant giving God. And that's what he gives. Everything that it saw, it flowed into. All kinds of fruits, trees, it said in verse 12 in Ezekiel, will grow along both sides of the river. John saw rivers. Jesus said, you shall do what? greater things you're going to do greater things and he said there will be a new crop and ezekiel said there'll be a new crop ever every month without fail for they are watered by the river or the spirit of the flowing from the temple i don't know where this is true or not but i've read what science says that your flesh renews itself every i believe it's 11 months we count ourselves as what? Deteriorating. Why don't we start counting ourselves as increasing in the things of God, in the blessings of God? Praise God. I wrote the man's name down. I forgot what his name was. I interviewed him the other day. He went through the Great Depression. Then he's drafted into World War II. Got out and played Texas baseball with Mickey Mantle in Texas. Mickey Mantle went to the pros. He come home and got married. Today he's 92. He's the first person in church when the church doors are open. He passes out pamphlets. He does whatever has to be done in the church. He does it. He's the last one to leave. He makes sure things are done before he goes home. He's been involved in building over 100 wheelchair ramps for families in the community. And they asked him, why is he doing that? He says, because we live in such a great country with such great people. And said, there's a country that God has prepared a lot greater than this country. And that's where we're going to one day. I want us to commit ourselves to God that these rivers will live inside of us, and not only that, will flow out of us. And the fire of God, like when he fell on the altar, burned up the altar, burned up everything there, burned up everything in our lives that's not lacking unto God, and we'll be a bright and shining light for God. You can't deny we're living in a dark world right now. That's where the world should be able to see the brightest light from the Christian. I want you to notice Ezekiel saw how many rivers. And everything touched it did what? But John wrote what Jesus said, out of you is going to come what? Rivers of living water. And everywhere it flows, it's going to give life. Abundance of life. Just not getting by life, but abundance of life. I'd like to thank you for being here today. And this river 
will heal your spirit. It'll give you joy. It'll give you peace. It surpasses all understanding. I think Starla's last treatment was going to be maybe tomorrow. She's on her way to Little Rock now. But during that, all that ordeal, she said, I have never found in my whole life such peace. That's because the Prince of Peace, the King of Peace, in the midst of the storm, in the midst of the crisis. How many knows what an eagle does in the storm? I've seen this on a film one time. This eagle was sitting right up on a huge tree. And a storm was coming. Timbers were just being scattered and torn everywhere. She just sat there. And when it got close to her, she spread it out her wings and tilted them. She never moved. She just sat there. That great mighty storm was destroying the timbers and everything. The wind, hallelujah. In the Bible, when it's mentioned the wind, it means the Holy Ghost. When it mentions water, it means the Holy Ghost. She tilted her wing upwardly like, just like that. And what happened? What happened, Sister Diane? The wind came under that wing and lifted her up. She didn't get up off the, glory to God, she didn't get up off the top of that tree and run and try to hide. She just raised her wings up, and the wind got under them wings and lifted her up above the, oh, God. I believe the Holy Ghost wants to get in our lives so strong. We need to stop praying about God, destroy the storm. God, help me to rise above the storm. There's some things we can't help, and there's some things we're not going to be able to change. Wars and rumors of wars, problems and troubles that's here forever. I was going to quit, but I'm not right now. I got in the church in 1960. I think I was 22 or 23 years old, and I'm 82. Now I'll be 83 in a few months. But Brother Eddie told me one time, he said, how long he been in the church? Somebody's talking about this, talking about that. He said, ever since I've been in the church, that's where it's been. I ain't never seen no changes. He went home not too long ago, never seeing no changes. What he means with problems in the world, you're not going to change them. Forget that. Hallelujah. Get your wings set. Catch the wind of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. And rise up above the storm. The storm is still there, but thank God you've risen above the storm. And when the storm succeeded and gone, she let her wings back down, and she come and sat right back down on that tree. She was above the storm. Now, I'm going to tell you this morning where the devil is. He should not be in your house causing you trouble. He should be under your foot. you squashing his head. He's got a bruised head. He ain't got much sense anyhow because Jesus has done bruised his head. Never carry on a conversation with the devil. You'll lose every time. Submit yourself to God. Resist the devil. The Lord rebuke him, and he'll do what? He'll flee. I think sometime this morning, this tornado or whatever, hurricane's supposed to hit Florida. Is that right? I want you to tell me what, how they tell you how many miles per hour it's going to be, how devastating it's going to be. Somebody want to tell me how they know that? They have a plane that flies in the eye of the storm. Hmm? Not above it, not below it, but in the eye of the storm. 
They register the speed of the storm. They register the velocity of the storm. They measure how devastating the storm's going to be. God wants us to be not affected by the storm. Hmm? He wants rivers to come out of our lives. That's how we're going to be able to produce greater things. Greater things. It's said that Smith Wigglesworth went to Niagara Falls. When he saw the Niagara Falls, he fell prostrate on the ground and wept and cried. Oh, God, let your spirit flow out of me like I see flowing over the Niagara Falls. You know what's going to change people's lives? It's not counseling, not talking, not all of this. It's the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God changes people's lives. It makes new creatures. It makes new men and women, new boys and girls of the wonderful things of God. So God bless you. Oh, glory to God. Fifty prophets of the school of prophets came to Elisha and said, we're going to go look for Elijah. We're going to go look for him. I want somebody to tell me right quick, while they went to look for Elijah, where did Elisha go? He went down to the Jordan. That old raging Jordan. He looked at it. He was looking for something to come from above. They was looking for something that's done past and gone and can't get back. He said, glory to God. He said, where is the God of Elijah? He wasn't looking for what was past and what's gone. He's looking what's coming. Don't look for what we've lost and what's gone. God's already said in the book of Joel, what the woodworm and the cankerworm has ate, I have already restored him. Without faith, we cannot receive the promises of God. They are promises. They are for us. Without faith, we're impossible to receive them. And when he said that, where is the God of Elijah? What happened? It fell on him. And he did greater works. The testimony of his life lived on after he was dead. It lived on. Brother Yoakum told us about a story one time. He went to a camp meeting. This guy was there, and he said, I'm going to go around, and I'm going to interview everybody I can. I'm going to interview them. When he interviewed them, he said, uh, Michael Taylor, what are you doing here? Michael Taylor said, I come to get a blessing. Is that right? Is that why people drive thousands of miles to do what? Come on, hit me out. Do what? Get a blessing. You know, that's happening all over this nation. People driving thousands of miles trying to get people to lay hands on them and pray on them. I tell you, you need to learn to lay your hands on yourself and start praying for yourself. Amen? And believe in God's going to heal you, deliver and set you free. He went through everybody that he could think of. And every one of them he asked, Sister Barbara Coates, what are you here for? Get a blessing. He come up to one guy and said, what are you here for? He said, bless God, I've come to be a blessing to somebody. We are to be a blessing and not just receive blessings. We are to be an instrument of outflowing. 
of the wonderful blessings of God. I'm blessed. Are you blessed? And let that blessing flow. Amen. It may not be nothing but a good word of encouragement. A good word of encouragement. God bless you for being here today. I apologize for not quitting, but God bless you.